welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled Trapped. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us, those that are home online. We're so excited to have all of you. If you were not here last week, we began a new series talking about Trapped. Matter of fact, after Easter, uh, some people asked me, Pastor, what, what is Trapped about? What, what, is, what is that whole uh, series going to be about? And here's what I said. I said, it's really teaching you that you are not trapped in your life based upon your circumstances. See, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe as a Christian we can, quote, be trapped based upon our circumstances. I believe for the believer, we're not trapped based upon what's happening on the outside. We're trapped based upon what's happening right here between our two ears. We're trapped in our mind. We're trapped in our thinking. I want to teach you today, next week, Mother's Day and the week after that, I want to talk to you about how we, the power of thinking biblically, the, the, the power of renewing our mind. Here it is. We can change where we are today. We can change what we have today. We can change the direction that we're going today by changing what happens in the mind. Speaking of the power of perspective, there was a young boy that had a real powerful, good, healthy self-image, and he went into his backyard and he took a baseball and a baseball bat, and he threw the ball up in the air, and he said this before the ball went up. He says, I am the greatest hitter in the world. He throws that ball up, swings, and he misses it. He goes, strike one. He makes another faith declaration. He says, I am the greatest hitter in the world. And he takes the ball, he throws it up, and he swings, and he misses it the second time. He makes another confession. I am the greatest hitter in the world. A third time, he throws the ball up, and he misses it a third time. Strike three. To which he turns, and he makes a statement. I am the best pitcher in the world. Let <laughs> me you know that boy had a good self-image. Y'all with me? The power, the power of perspective. It's, it's how he saw himself. My question is, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself when things don't go the way that you thought? How do you see yourself? How do you see God? How do you see other people? Can't trust people. They'll take advantage of you. They'll always hurt you. You know how people are. Is that how you view, is that how you view other people? How do you view God? Well, you just never really can depend on God. That's why I got to depend upon myself. Is that how you view God? How do you, do, how do you view yourself? Well, you know what? Everybody else has got gifts and talents. Everybody else has gotten the breaks of life, but not me. See, me? No. I was dealt, a de I was dealt the cards. That, well, it was, I was disadvantaged. See, it's my IQ. It wasn't high enough. It's my education. I didn't have enough. It's my parent. Well, you know what? All of us can make excuses. All of us can look on the outside. How do you think about yourself? How do you think about God? How do you think about people? How do you think about your Future. It's how you think about all of those things that will determine, listen, it will determine the impact of your life. You know, last week I talked about a, a, a statement, a, well, actually a term, a biblical term, and it's the biblical term called stronghold. Can y'all say that with me? Can you say it? Stronghold. What is a stronghold? Paul, in the book of Corinthians, taught us what a stronghold is. And, and, and here's my definition of stronghold based upon the Greek word. Here it is. A stronghold is a continual negative lying pattern in the mind where you have believed lies. It's a, it's a negative lie. It's a negative pattern of thinking where you believe lies about yourself, about God, other people, 
about your future, and you've got a stronghold. I ended the message last week where I'm going to pick, off, pick up today, and I said, if we don't deal with these negative patterns, because here's the point, what you think about, don't miss this, determines what you feel about. And what you feel and what you think determines what you believe. I talked about last week that we've got to learn how to delete. We've got to learn how to get out the bad and put in the good. We've got to learn how to renew our mind. We've got to learn how to think biblically. We've got to learn how to think the way that God wants us to think. I'll say it again. You are where you are in life. You have what you have in life. You're doing what you're doing in life based upon what you've allowed in your mind. You can change where you are in life. You can change what you are in life. You really can based upon changing what happened to your mind. Pastor, is this just some psychological seminar or is this in the Bible? It's in the Bible. Proverbs 23 says it this way. For as a person thinks, wow, there's the word, thinks in their heart, so are they. As a man or a woman. In other words, you and I really are a summation of our thoughts. In other words, where we are going in life, what we are currently experiencing in life. Based upon what we're allowing in our mind on a daily basis. Now, last week, if you were not here, I gave this little chart. I've been given the same chart for 17 years since Church of the King started. But I added a term and I adjusted it this week. I didn't get this chart off the internet. Okay, this is a, a chart that we, we've developed. But I, I, I switched a word because when I was doing the message this week, I realized there's, a, there's another concept that really needs to be in there. So here's the deal. So last week I said thoughts produce emotions. And what you think about, remember this, what you think about, it only takes 17 seconds of having a dominant thought, 17 seconds of you thinking about something where it gets traction and momentum and it starts building a pathway. That's all it takes is 17 seconds. What you think about, all right, what you think about consistently determines what you feel about, if I can say it that way. And by the way, your feelings are neutral. Your feelings, I'm going to teach, by the way, next week I'm going to teach about emotions and feelings. I'm using interchangeably. Your emotions, what you feel right now is either based upon conscious or subconscious thoughts. All right? What you feel doesn't have anything to do with whether something is true or not. It has everything to do with what you're thinking about. Let me give you an example. That's why you can go into a movie theater, all right? And you can watch a totally fictitious movie and feel feelings of being scared to death, all right? Ah! <laughs> what happened? I went to a movie. It terrified me. Was it real? Yes or no? The answer is no. But you felt real feelings, you had real glandular responses and physiology and all this stuff. You had all this stuff going on. And yet, why? It wasn't even real because of what was going into your mind. Matter of fact, I, I spoke to teenagers for ten, in my 20s. I spoke to teenagers for, for 10 years. That's what I did. My 20s and 30s, we started Church of the King. And interestingly enough, I used to speak to, to high school and junior high kids, and I'd speak to them all the time, and I would talk about the power of what you're meditating on, the power of what you're thinking about it, and how what you think determines what you feel, and, 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 and how important that you understand what it is that you're thinking about. And one of the things I used to do is I said, I used to do this thing called the lemon test. Some of y'all may have heard this before. I'll never forget one time I was doing it at Bonneville High School, because I'd speak to high school and junior high kids around our region, around the country. That's what I would do. 
And I, I talked about what you allow in your mind. And I said, all right, everybody close your eyes. And everybody closed their eyes. I said, okay, here it is, hot summer day. You walk into the kitchen, you're going to make lemonade. And you go into the refrigerator and you take out a lemon. Everybody take out a lemon. Take it out. Take it out. Okay, take out that knife. All right, I want you to cut that lemon. And before you squeeze it, I want everybody to lick the lemon. Everybody start licking the lemon. I'll never forget. There was four girls. And one girl went, ah! And she knocked out all four of her friends. And she's grabbing her throat. Matter of fact, how many of you guys would be honest enough at all of our campuses to say, when I talk about lick the lemon, you could feel it right here. Come on, raise your hand up. Can anybody? Yeah, a couple of y'all. The rest of y'all are liars. But anyway, so... That's all right, you're wet, soggy, but nonetheless, here's my point. There wasn't a real lemon they were licking, but they were thinking about it. And it was based upon subconscious loaded thought patterns of how they felt in the past. What you think about determines what you feel. Now, this is what I added. And this determines ultimately what you think about consistently and what you feel. And by the way, once you start feeling what you're thinking about, it you start believing it whether or not it's true or not. Oh, man. Then you start making choices and habits are formed and character and destiny. It's so important that we understand this. Your belief system, and how to transform that belief system, how to think biblically, how to, how, how to get back on track of thinking the way God wants us to think. And the skills. Guys, I, I, I've studied this for so many years. I've been a Christian almost 30 years. And one of the things that I've really found is those people in life, secular or Christian, Christians or non-Christians, those people in life that achieve something at any level have learned at some level, they've learned how to control what's happening in their mind. They've made an impact. And they've also learned another secret that they are not going to be controlled by their circumstance. In other words, they realize that they're not going to empower their external world to control their life. It's not to suggest that we don't go through tough times. It's not to suggest that we don't have negative things happen in our lives. Of course we do. It's not what happens to us, but it's our response of what happens to us. And it primarily results to how you perceive it in your mind. Do you see that? How do you see that? And by the way, there are people with horrible life circumstances that have achieved great things. Hey, did y'all see that cornerback that they, the, the saints... Um, that the, the Saints uh, selected, number 11, the cornerback. I just read about it this morning in the paper, number 11. He was raised in abject poverty with his mom. It was so, they were so poor, they had one heater in the house, and they would all have to sleep right next to this furnace. And he talked about all the stuff that he went through. His dad was in prison. It was, and let me tell you, if anybody could have said, you know what, hey, man, you know, I'm not going to cheat, but his mom says, you're going to make something of yourself. He believed something, so he felt something, so it became part of his belief system. He started making choices. What do you believe about yourself? Are, are, are we still blaming everybody? Are we placing the blame on this person? The reason why I'm not achieving this is because of that person or this one. or The government did this or somebody did this to me. Think about Abraham Lincoln. Grew, grew up in abject poverty, and look what he achieved. How about Helen Keller? Tell somebody that they're illiterate, they can't read or write, and you have a Helen Keller. Lock somebody in prison like John Bunyan, and what do you do? They write the Pilgrim's Progress. Lock somebody in prison, another person in prison, and tell them that, that, that you're going to kill them, and guess what they do? No problem. I'll write two-thirds in the New Testament. My name's the Apostle Paul. Are you all with me? It's called the power of perspective. How do you view your environment? How do you view your circumstances? How do you view God? How do you view, how do you view yourself? 
The reality is our thoughts have so much to do with what we go through in life, what we achieve, or what we achieve in life, the impact. Now, I'm going to begin my message. I'm going to make a couple radical statements. I want everybody to stay with me, all right? I know this is a rainy weekend, but this is such an important message. When you became a Christian, all right, here it is. When you've become a Christian, are you changed? Yes or no? The answer is what? Okay, that's half true. When you become a Christian, you are changed and not changed. Pastor, come on, man. What are you talking about? I thought you talked about transformation all the time. What do you mean I'm changed, but I'm not changed? Yes, when you give your heart to Christ, watch this. You become born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. You get a new heart, a new inside. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Watch this. The blood of Christ is forgiven you. You now have an eternal home secure in heaven. You are 100% saved. You belong to God. The sins have been forgiven. You're no longer an enemy of God. You've been changed in your heart. But let me tell you what's not been changed is your head. The problem with the Christian is not the heart. The problem with the Christian is the head. Oh, Pastor, I, wait, time out. That's kind of like, what you talking about Willis moment? I mean, are you serious? See, the issue is you got to understand how God designed you. you got to understand what happened when you got saved. Here's what happened when you got saved, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Well, where have they become new? Their heart. The Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart. You're a new person in Christ. You love God. You're securing your salvation. You're going to heaven. Your sins have been forgiven. Watch this. The number one, please, I understand the difference between a definite article and an indefinite article. An indefinite article is A. A definite article is the. The number one truth, apart from being born again, that you have to realize is this, is that, listen, you have to renew your mind after you become a Christian. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to cooperate. You've got to cooperate with God transform your thinking and alignment with the Word of God. Look at this, what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 2, how, how, 5, how are we designed? You and I are designed as three-part beings, all right? You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit, you have a soul. This is what the Bible teaches. Four different places in the New Testament that makes a distinction between soul and spirit. Here it is. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole, everybody say it, spirit. That's your heart. That's the real you. The words spirit and heart are used in analogous terms in the Bible. All right. Your whole heart, your spirit, may your whole spirit, that's when you get born again, all right, and your soul and your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what happens. Let me give you that graph. 17 years, I've been writing the same graph up here. When you become a Christian, this is going to so help you. This is going to so help you guys. When you become a Christian, your spirit or your heart immediately is born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart. You become a new person in Christ. You have a new identity. You have a new nature. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are secure in your relationship with God. Your, God no longer holds his, your sins against you. You're a child of God. You're changed in your heart. Your spirit has changed. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins, and now you're alive in God. For the Christian, the problem is not this. For the Christian, the problem is in your soul. 
your thinking, your feeling, and your decision-making processes. We also have a body. What is our body? What we see, taste, smell, touch, and hear. So my body connects with the world around me. What I smell, what I can see, what I can touch. So here's how it works. My body, information comes in the world to what I see, what I taste, what I smell, what I touch. Information comes. I tabulate that information in my mind, all right? But if my mind has not been renewed, I allow that, th that information to start contaminating my soul versus rejecting it because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Does that make sense? Let, let me give you an example. I became a Christian October 1987, one month before I turned 19, so freshman in college. I was at Lakeside Shopping Center, 19 years old. I've been a Christian six months. And I'm walking, I'm, I'm a believer. Remember, I'm born again. The Holy Spirit lives in my heart. I'm walking in Lakeside Shopping Center, and I'm walking down, and all of a sudden, I smell a perfume smell of somebody that's walking by. I went, that smelt familiar, which then conjured up in my mind an old past relationship that I had, which was not holy. Don't worry, I've been transformed. Have you? But anyway, so don't judge me. I'm a new creation. But anyway, so now, now, now watch this. Now watch this. This is in my mind. Now watch this. I start feeling, which, which I start feeling emotions that are, un, that are just beguiling. They're just, they're just, they're like, oh. Okay, now watch this. Now I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. And all of a sudden, Guess who's close by me? Old Mr. Slewfoot, the devil himself. You're not a Christian, you old dirty thing, you. If you were a Christian, you wouldn't think that way. Ah, you're not really saved. I'm not saved. Oh, gosh, I'm not saved. Because if I was saved, I wouldn't be thinking about that relationship. And if I was saved, no, 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 no. The problem, watch this. The problem was not whether or not I was saved. The problem was whether or not my mind was renewed. The challenge was not in my heart. The challenge was in my head. Are you with me? See, for the Christian, we've got to renew. Everybody say, renew our minds. What I needed to do is learn how to reject those old thoughts, which then would have transformed my emotions, because I am not, as a Christian, to be controlled by my body. I'm not an animal. I'm not controlled by, I'm hungry. Animals, hunger, protection, attack. No, I don't have to be. I'm controlled by the Spirit of God. The Bible says those that are sons of God and daughters are led by the Spirit of God. The, 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 the goal is that my soul and my body are led by my spirit, not my heart is overwhelmed by my impulses. It's good preaching, whether you like it or not. This will help you. I'm serious. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want you to open your Bible. I got about... 15, 17 minutes, I want to talk to you about, out of the book of Romans, three keys to renewing your mind, all right? Three keys. This will transform your life. I'm telling you, some of you have doubted your salvation because you've not understood the difference between your heart being saved and your soul and mind still being renewed. The enemy's lied to you and tried to condemn you. Some people keep, oh God, I got so much to say. Those that missed it because of the rain, I hope they're watching online. 
If not, you'll go through life defeated. But anyway, so. No, seriously, you need to get this message too, because this, this is the number one message that transformed my life, apart from being born again, apart from being a Christian. All right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Here it is. Paul's writing to the Christian church at Rome. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to believers. And here's what Paul says. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore. By the way, whatever you see a therefore in the Bible, you've heard this. You've got to stop and ask what it's there for. 315 verses prior to this. By the way, when the Bible was written, there wasn't chapter and verse. That was put in by later translators. But there are 315 verses prior to this verse. All right? 11 previous chapters. Paul says, based upon Romans chapter 1, that we're born again by faith. Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 3, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 4, the power of we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans chapter 5, justified by faith. Romans chapter 6, the power of sin. Romans chapter 7, the struggle of sin in the mind. He says, based upon who you are in Christ, Romans chapter 8, in light of all of that, present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In light of all that Christ has done for you, all right, it doesn't start with us. It starts with God. In light of all of what Christ has done, you present your body a living sacrifice. Look what it says next verse. And do not be conformed to this world. Two Greek words we're going to look at. Conformed is English. There's a Greek word there, conformed and transformed. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So this, let me ask you, how many of y'all want to fulfill the will of God for your life? Come on, raise your hand, all of our campuses. All right, have you ever thought about this? You fulfilling the will of, we don't believe in the case or we don't believe in the Doris Day doctrine at Church of the King, that whatever will be, will be. That's not true. Not everybody on this planet fulfills the will of God. That's not true. That's not true. Those that fulfill the will of God for their lives, listen, it's connected to those that renew their mind. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I want to give you three things about how to renew our minds. I'm going to get real practical today. Next week, I'm going to teach, Lord willing, it does it right. I'm going to teach you about emotions and feelings. Feelings are not bad. Emotions are not bad. But we want to make sure that, that, that biblical thoughts are informing how we feel. Number one, first thing that I see here out of Romans chapter 12 is that Paul says we need to surrender our whole life to God. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I beg you. Paul says, I beseech you. It basically means I beg you by the mercies of God. Give your whole self to God. In other words, don't play hokey pokey with God. I did this a couple months ago. Hokey pokey, y'all remember it? Come on now. You put your right foot in. You take your right foot out. You put your right foot in and you... You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Now, you put your left foot. In. Come on, skate country, 1970s. Work with me. Do they still have skate country around? Is that still? I don't know if that's still. Okay, so here, here's what a lot of people do, okay? They play hokey pokey with God. I put my right foot in. I mean, I don't want to go to hell. I want the blood of Jesus to cleanse me. But I really want to live my life like I want. That's what I want to do. Hmm, hmm. I put my right foot back in. I take my right foot back out. I put my right foot back out. I run from God a little bit. Oh, I come back when I get hurt and I'm really sad. But then I do my own thing. Ha, ha. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. 
How was church, honey? I don't know. Pastor, he's kind of the rain pressure or something, concussion. <laughs> you, you ever heard somebody say this before? I tried Christianity and it doesn't work. They were playing hokey pokey. This is good. <laughs> you you got to be all in, man. Are you with me? You got to be all in. You got to be all in. What does that mean to be all your heart? Your life? I mean, you got to be all. You can't play a game with God. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Of course not. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but we're all in. Listen, a coach, you want somebody in your team that's all in. Business owners, you want somebody that's all in. Paul says, if you want to renew your mind, you got to be all in. You can't play hokey pokey with God. Number two, the second thing that we see is you got to, you got to allow the, listen, there's a transformation of your thinking. So remember this, you are where you are in life. You have what you have in life. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about the quality of your life. It includes that, but much more than that. It's the quality of your life, the peace of God, the joy of Christ, the understanding of the kingdom of God that it's, 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 this is so powerful that we see this. All of us move in the direction in our life. Watch this. In the direction of our most dominant thinking. That's where we move. We, we move towards the dominant thought patterns in our lives. That's why Paul says this. Two Greek words. I'm going to give you the, the English words. Number one. Paul says, Pastor, how do I, tra- how do I renew my mind. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, the word world there is the Greek word cosmos. It's not talking about the earth. It's about the world system. What do you mean the world system? The ideologies of the world. The value system of the world. The philosophies of the world. That, that's, that's what he's talking about. Well, what do you mean the values of the world? The values of the world where the world talks about if it feels good, do it. How I many you know there's a lot of things that feel good you shouldn't do? Are, are you with me? But they're, they're feelings worshipers. What does the world say? What does the world say? Get what you can, protect what you got. Be careful who you share, what people take advantage of. The world. No. <laughs> That's the world system. Biblical thinking is serve, love, care for people. Are, 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 that, that's biblical thinking. Secular, worldly thinking is there is no God. You're your own God. Biblical thinking is there's a God that we're accountable to, and he gives us a destiny under his authority. Does that make sense? See, if you, listen, Paul says, by the way, so what does the word conform mean? Here's what it means. Pressed into the mold of. I I went to a school in Metairie called Sam Barth before it closed down. When it closed down in 1979 or 8, then I went to John Curtis in fourth grade and then stayed there through 12th grade. Okay, my third grade art teacher, his name is Mr. McCormick. He was great. He's fun. School's different then, by the way, way different. And one of the things that we did for a lot of reasons, but, but this was interesting. One of the things that we did, third grade, we would have these these, these uh, large molds that we would make, and then we would do get plaster Paris. Do they still have plaster Paris around? I don't know if they do, but we'd get plaster Paris. We would build these molds, and then it was the day, the day when we would pour the plaster Paris into the mold. It was a big deal. So here it is. We got the plaster Paris, and we would take the plaster Paris, and we would take it, 
and we would pour it, here it is, we would pour it into the mold. Now notice, now notice, and then the plaster pairs would fill. And so however the mold was shaped, all right, whatever the mold was shaped, the plaster pairs would go up to the edges of the mold, but the mold, watch this, the mold would control where the plaster pairs went, not the other way around. The plaster pairs didn't control the mold. The mold could. So, so Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uses the same concept. He says, in other words, don't let the world's way of thinking control your life. Does that make sense? Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. Conversely, there's another word that's used. Don't be conformed, but be what? Everybody say it. Okay, ready for the Greek word? Come on, science class. The Greek word is metamorpho. What does that sound like? Metamorphosis. Sixth grade science. What is the greatest example of metamorphosis that we all learned when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uses this language and says, when a Christian, watch this, when a Christian starts renewing their mind, when they start thinking differently, they actually, when a Christian, see, an unbeliever is transformed in the heart. But a Christian is transformed in the head. You got to see that. When a Christian starts thinking God's thoughts, they actually go from defeated to overcomer. They go from depressed and discouraged to confident and bold. They go from weak, wearisome, and wimpy to powerful, anointed, and make a difference for God. Does that make sense? It's right here. Transformed. Transform. My thinking is being transformed. I'm not selfish. Now I'm a giver. It, it, there's a transformational process to take. And listen, I love you. My name is Steve. I'm your pastor. I'm for you. Some of you guys are experiencing defeat and you're blaming it on God. And you thought when you became a Christian, God was going to wave a wand and everything was going to be different. No, your heart was different. But God says, you got to renew your mind. Now, he gives you the grace by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he gives you his blueprint, his manual, his book. And he gives you the body, his friends, his, his church, his people. You've got the blood of Christ, the power of Christ. You've got the word of God. You've got all this stuff. But let me tell you something. God's not going to renew your mind for you. Does that make sense? Let me give you three R's and we'll close. Here we are. Three R's about renewing your mind. Then we'll close. Number one. The first step to changing your thinking and renewing your mind is you gotta be, you gotta take responsibility. Everybody say this R, what is it? Responsibility. There is a, a man, I really like this author. I think he's a Christian, I really do. His name is Andy Andrews. Some of you guys have read his book. He wrote a book, by the way, called The Traveler's Gift. Fantastic book to give to graduates. Next year I think we'll do that. And Andy was 19 when his mom died of cancer. He was 20 when his dad died. And he ended up living under a bridge in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Homeless, literally, as a 20-year-old. And he wandered, in essence, into a library. He was doing different jobs, cleaning fish nets and stuff. And he was living homeless, 20 years old. Busted, depressed. His parents had died. I mean, he felt lonely in the world. And he started reading biographies. And he actually read 200 biographies of successful people. Some Christians, some non-Christians. And he found, and he came away with seven unique characteristics. Seven decisions that transforms anybody's life. And the very first thing that he saw, the, the, the one identifiable 
distinguishable characteristic of all people that are high achievers and make an impact, the number one thing that they do is they take responsibility for their life. They take responsibility. See, as long as the government's your problem, you are where you are because of the government or the lack of the government, or you are where you are because of your ex, or you are where you are because of your job or your boss or your partner who, who, who janked you, or you are where you are based upon, listen, I'm not to suggest that it wasn't hurtful. I'm not to suggest that it wasn't painful. Even, and I want to say this so gently as a pastor, even those of you that may have experienced some abuse as a child, listen to me closely, that may have influenced you, but it didn't determine your destiny. Only God determines your destiny and the hand of God upon you. How many are grateful that nobody can control your destiny except God and what you allow? It's your belief system about God and your future. Everybody say take responsibility. So number one, I've got to take responsibility. Some of you have never heard this before, but you've got to take ownership of the thoughts that you've allowed in your mind. You can't blame anybody else. All right? Number two. The second thing about renewing your mind is you've got to reject. Everyone say reject. Last week I called it delete. You've got to learn to delete and reject negative thinking, harmful thinking, bitter thinking, pessimistic thinking, sinful thinking. Practical strategy that Paul gives us is a two-fold process with this, all right? We're talking about renewing the mind. Number one, take responsibility. Remember, you are where you are in life based upon what you've allowed to go into your mind. You can change where you are in life. You can change what you are in life. Now, who you are as a Christian, but what you are by way of your impact, your security, your confidence, your humility, what you are in life is based upon what you've been thinking about. As a man or a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. Paul says it this way. This is so powerful in Ephesians. Again, number one is responsibility. You take responsibility, all right? I'm not going to blame anybody else. Number two is I've got to learn to reject. That's not true. I don't believe that. I don't, that that's not true. I don't believe that. Please stay with me. I've got five minutes. This is going to help you guys. Paul says, put off that you put off. Everybody say, put off. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt. According to the deceitful us, what's the old man? The unregenerate part of you, where your flesh and your soul interface together. Called your, put it off. Don't let that control you anymore. You're controlled inside out, not outside in. Put it off and also be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So Paul says part of renewing your mind is taking off. I reject that. That's not true. That's not who I am in God. No, 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 no. I reject that. I'm not going to be like, no, no, I'm who God says I am. I'm not going to be like my uncle. I'm not, no, that's not true. I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new man in God. I'm moving forward in God. I'm going to make a difference in my life in God, humble under the authority of God. With Christ. That's not true. That's not true. I'm not going back in that addiction. That's not true. That's, that's a lie. I got to take it off. I got to take it off. And by the way, part of taking off old ways of thinking is, watch this, is putting a firewall in your mind between, between harmful stuff in the culture that would try to impede your thinking. What are you watching? What movies are you exposing yourself to? What music are you listening to? What pictures are you looking at on the computer late at night? I mean, I mean you, you, taking off is taking off. Are you with me? T taking off that stuff. You go to a movie and, with your spouse, and it's all about lust and adultery and conspiracy, and you, halfway through the movie, you're like, you wouldn't do that to me, would you? <laughs> I, I, honey, I, absolutely not. I just, I, I just, have, is there something you've never told me? I, I, 
I don't know if I love you. Well, everybody say, take it off. Well, why do you want to expose yourself to that? Does that make sense? It just makes me feel 50 shades. 50 shades of hell is what that stuff is. That's what that is. It's, what, it's not God. I'm sorry. Okay. But you needed to hear that. So the next thing is this. And everybody say, put on. So I'm taking off, but I'm putting on. Putting on the new man, which is created according to God, according to true righteousness and holiness. So renewing the mind, first I take responsibility. I am where I am because of what I've allowed to go into my mind. And I've got to take off the old. I've got to reject negative thinking. I've got to make sure to build a firewall. I don't want negative, pessimistic, sinful, oppressive stuff in my mind. Media, I want to put it, I'm putting it aside. Even too much news, I put it aside. Old stuff, I put it aside. All right? But I've also got to put on. And by the way, a lot of Christians are trying to renew their mind by putting on new thoughts, but they're not taking off old thoughts. I have four children. I'm closing. Please stay with me. I have, a, I have four children, a 20-year-old daughter, 18-year-old son, 16-year-old son, 7-year-old daughter. My older daughter, 20, uh, when she was a baby. My, my wife is like, she's a phenomenal kid mom. She just knows that. She's a teacher, real nurturing, you know. And I grew up in a house. I love my mom. She's a principal. I mean, you know, nurture is not the highest characteristic. <laughs> Leadership, make an impact. I mean, that stuff is, you know. It's just different, powerful, but different. So we had our first, my first child, my daughter, and, and I was just like, oh, gosh, I don't want to hurt her. You know, I don't want to, you know, she, I don't, you know. so my, my wife left. First time left me with my daughter, about a month into the deal. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I could pull her arm off, break her arm, touch her soft spot. She could die. <laughs> I, I, I just, oh, jeez, this is, oh. So I'm there, and all of a sudden, the worst possible thing happens. Not number one. <laughs> and I'm like, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. This, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? I could rip her leg off. I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to change her. I said, I, I got an idea. I'm going to just get a new diaper, and I'm going to put it the, over the old diaper. <laughs> Powder that sucker up. I mean, it's, it's going to be gray. Nothing will, and it'll be all Jennifer come and it just be. How many of that didn't work? That's what a lot of Christians do. They don't want to reject the negative stuff of the world. They want to keep all the world system and ways and customs, and they keep trying to. Well, I'm, Pastor, I'm reading the Bible, but I'm, but I'm, I'm kind of reading the Bible and I'm reading this novel, and it's just not. And I'm just trying. I'm trying. Everybody say take off, and everybody say put on. Let me give this last thing. Rescript. Rescript your mind. Rescript your mind. How do you rescript your mind? Remember last week about there's the hardware of the computer, right? But then there's the software. The software is the programming. You can rescript and reprogram. You can reprogram your computer. How do you reprogram your computer? You reprogram your computer with this book, the Word. <laughs> this is what reprograms your computer, your mind. That's what I'm talking about. If you weren't here last week, you, you reprogram, you rescript your mind by meditating on the right, the pure. You rescript it. Matter of fact, I have a, 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 actually a gentleman in our church who was like a dad to me growing up. Mr. His, his name was Mr. Don Burtis. And I grew up, and he's in our church today. And I lived in a house. There was a lot. Then they lived, and his son Kirky and I were best friends growing up, and there was a lot and watch this, this is important, this lot separated. And we had, 
the key was whoever, Kirk or I, whoever walked and created the path between the two houses, and, and they had crabgrass. I don't know if they still have crabgrass. That was just a phenomenon in the 70s. But, but there was, cra and, and so whoever created this lot created a path. I mean, whoever created the pathway, it was hard at first, but then it, it got easier the second time we went down. Can I tell you something? Some of you have been, you're going to start rescripting things, and some of you have been thinking so negative and so critical and so cynical for so long. When you start trying to create a new path, and it's actually called neuroplasticity, it's neuropathways in your brain. This is medical science, and all the medical people you know exactly what I'm talking about. You actually cut new grooves in your thinking patterns. Do you know when people get stuck with trauma? They get stuck because they get stuck based upon a, a negative experience and a thought pattern, and it brings them down a pathway. And their feelings are attached. I'm going to talk about that next week, how to get unstuck from that. But what happens, how do you rescript it? You rescript and you reprogram your thinking with the word of God. Remember, when you get born again, your heart changes, but your head doesn't. Are you with me? Let me give you this last scripture, and then I'll close. Uh, 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 Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, whatever things are what? Everybody say it. True. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. What am I doing here? This is the grid, okay? This is the power grid that we're going we're gonna to say, okay, this is the putting on. Whatever things are just, whatever things are true. All right, whatever things are pure, because you can't just walk around all day. You've got the Bible in your hand all day. You need a lot of the word, but also conversations with people. Also the music you like. I mean, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is, the next verse, uh, whatever things are of a good report, good report, gossip and all that stuff, that gets into your spirit. It, it, it produces a toxicity. In your mind and in your heart, your mind, whatever's a good report. If there's any virtuous thing, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The number one thing that will rescript your brain is the Bible. Secondly, it's being around positive people, positive relationships, and positive information. Helpful stuff that will rescript your brain, rescript your mind. When you think this way, when you think healthy thoughts, it produces healthy emotions healthy belief system, you make healthy choices, healthy habits come from that, consistent choices or habits, which then produces what? A healthy character, so are they, and it points you in a direction to fulfilling the will of God for your life. We are on the pathway to fulfilling God's will for our lives, but we've got to go back and renew our mind. Y'all receive that today? Did that help anybody? I want you guys to stand.